What you're about to hear are archival audio recordings of Seth Meyers' Corrections. To watch all new episodes of Corrections, subscribe to the Late Night YouTube channel. In the year 2021, late night talk show host Seth Meyers unleashed the full fury of the internet with the utterance of a single word. Legos. 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 These are the stories of one man's descent into the bowels of the internet and his courage to take on the most dangerous people on earth, YouTube commenters. Recorded every Thursday after the audience has left Studio 8G, and witnessed only by scattered members of the late night staff and crew. This is Corrections, the podcast. Corrections, episode 39, week of Monday, March 7th, 2022. I think you know what time it is. <laughs> Our writer, Ben Warheit, wrote a piece on the McRib a sketch in which he referred to it as a seasonal menu item. Someone wrote, the McRib isn't seasonal. Seasonal would mean that it comes out every year for the same season, but its availability isn't determined by season, and McDonald's has gone several years in between releases. I knew that. I knew that when I read Ben's first draft, but I did not want to interfere with his piece. I, I think this says something about me as a boss, but I almost never give notes on my writer's pieces. I don't like to interfere with their vision. And I think the reason I don't do that can be summed up in one word, which is apathy. <laughs> I said ink blot tests, one of you told me Ink blot tests are also known as Rorschach tests. And this is interesting. Uh, Rorschach tests are also known as ink blot tests. So I guess we've reached an impasse. Talked about how we're going to write a song about the jackals, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles type song about, you know, grown ass online correction jackals. Zeros in a half shell. Chuck Lorre, we talked about the fact, Chuck Lorre, who created Big Bang Theory, wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theme song. But the Big Bang Theory song was written by Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, written and performed by Bare Naked Ladies. Chuck Lorre was paid $2,000 to record Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Bare Naked Ladies were paid a million dollars. And I guess as soon as they were paid the million dollars, they spent it immediately. It was almost like they had a list of things they would do if they had that much money. They bought John Merrick's remains, Bays. I think I finally figured it out. If he's an Italian artist, it's Michelangelo. If he's a turtle, he's Michelangelo. If he's a magician, he's Mike Angel. <laughs> this is just one of my celebrity stories within the body of corrections. I met Chris Angel, Mind Freak. I met him at a rooftop pool party in Las Vegas, i.e. his natural habitat. 
And I, at the party, I was just going around to groups of people and I was just doing stand-up at them. I was just performing stand-up at people who were just trying to be at a party. No, wait, I got that wrong. He was doing magic. <laughs> and Chris Angel, mind freak, came up to me with a deck of cards and I took a card, you know, nine of diamonds, put it back in and then he's doing the start of the trick. And then this group of beautiful women enters the party and uh, Chris Angel, mind freak, sees them and just walks away from me, mid-trick. <laughs> Did not finish the trick. And then later I walked over to him while he was doing, doing it to someone else and I said, hey, you know, Chris Angel, mind freak, are you gonna ever finish? And he did this to me. This is what a magician did to me when I asked him just to show me my card. He went, be patient. And that's the last time I ever saw. That's the mind freak. There's no end to the trick. Someone said, which is some real, I think some parts of the world, they pronounce things differently, that sloth is pronounced sloth. I mean, come on, right? I'm not going to start saying sloth. I would never remember it that sloth rhymes with slow. I mean, if there was a mnemonic device of some kind. <laughs> I talked about watching our sloth, sloth, Serenity, uh, drive away the last time she was here and that she was driving and I mimed the steering wheel like this and you all pointed out that it would have been like this because she's a two-fingered sloth. But it definitely was this. And at this point, I'm starting to think this whole time it was a guy in a sloth suit. <laughs> in which case, I'm totally fine that we had him here. I said sloths were becoming a light motif for corrections, and I was told that light motif is only true for music. But to me, this is music. Uh, every now and then some people say some things that are not corrections, but rather just cruel comments. I wore uh, this hat uh, last week. I put this on. And um, someone said that I looked like a grown, old, worn-out Ash Ketchum. <laughs> In case you, like me, didn't know who that was, there you go. Just gonna go come right out and say that's a fair hit. <laughs> Someone else said, Who are you talking about the length of corrections? <laughs> Maybe it's getting a little long. Someone said, I put this on, fell asleep, and dude was still going. <laughs> well, to you, I'd just like to say good morning. <laughs> I was talking about how people, I don't understand why people choose to watch this if they don't like it because there's such a wealth of options on YouTube. And I, I basically, I said something along the lines of, you know, are you the kind of person when you walk into a grocery store, you just buy the first thing you see? You just go and take the tuna fish. And boy, oh boy, you all jumped on that and said, the fact, this proves, this proves that you are a disconnected elite. <laughs> that you think you can walk into a grocery store and the first thing you see is tuna fish. Someone who shopped for their own groceries would know when you walk in, it's produce. That's the first thing you see. Well, I would just like to tell you that I shop for my groceries like everybody else. I just use the VIP entrance. 
that opens right into seafood. I said a doghouse, I corrected myself, a doghouse couldn't be hit by a meteorite because it's, uh, it's only a meteorite once it hits the ground. It would have been hit by a meteor. One of you very helpfully pointed out, if it bounced, it's a meteorite. Meteor, meteorite, doghouse, boom. Take it back. I said Lego blocks again instead of Lego bricks. This is the mistake I've maybe made the most often. At this point, I'm starting to think the reason is I don't give a <laughs> I said about Wally, we're not trying to create another Frankenstein. And biggest correction of the week. How many of you said it's Frankenstein's monster? Well, I was actually doing something. I was giving all of you, collectively, what's known as the Jackal Briggs personality test where a person says Frankenstein and waits to see how many people say, uh, actually, it's Frankenstein's monster. And when they do that, you know they have a bad personality. <laughs> I was talking about Shoemaker. Shoemaker, not here. Still out. Hoping to have him back for next week's corrections. Fingers crossed. Uh, Shoemaker is recovering uh, from his surgery. We're a little worried because he told us he was recovering from the Ritz-Carlton in Puerto Rico, and also our accountant called and said there's something, there's some irregularities <laughs> with the show's budget. So he's been zooming in. He looks great, like tanner than I've ever seen him, happy. Keeps saying, he's like drinking from, he's got uh, umbrellas in his drinks and he says it's medicine. <laughs> so I was talking about Shoemaker and some of you said, why is he not at work? Because it doesn't seem like he has a job where he needs two legs. And I said, it's true. You never see him running down the hallway uh, like Holly Hunter, which was a reference to broadcast news. And then I caught myself in the moment and said, Joan Cusack, because I had misremembered it. And then I caught it in the moment. It was pretty impressive. And um, let's just I just want to show you that a clip of that moment so you can see how quickly I caught it. I don't think any of us can remember a time where like uh, Shoemaker was like doing the Holly Hunter run down the hallway, like the tapes. <laughs> oh, it was Joan Cusack. Caught it. Pretty fast catch. One of you in the comment section wrote, "It wasn't Holly Hunter. It was Joan Cusack." Then you followed it up with, never mind, you caught it. <laughs> what did you do? Did you stop it after I made the mistake? Or did in that seven seconds, did you jackal paw out your correction? Now, let me just say, I tip my cap, which I'm told is this to the fact that you're owning up to your mistake. But my God, the speed. You people want to be right. <laughs> All right. We talked about E.B. White's classic book, Stuart Little. I mentioned that one of the many weird details in the movie is that Stuart the Mouse is born... Uh, sorry, one of the uh, weird details in the book, this is an important clarification, in the book is that Stuart the Mouse is born to adult parents. 
uh, many of you jumped in saying the Littles adopted Stuart, which is what they did in the movie. And when you, as a jackal, correct someone with a movie fact, when they're in fact talking about the book, you played yourself. Here's an amazing fact, though. Do you know who wrote the screenplay for Stuart Little? M. Night Shyamalan. That is true. How about that? How is that for a twist? <laughs> and he changed two, two major changes from the book to the movie in the M. Night screenplay. One is that Stuart was not born to the Littles. He was adopted. And two, at the end of the movie, this was not in the book, at the end of the movie, the dad, Frederick Little, says to his son, isn't it weird that everyone is cool with the fact that we have a mouse for a child? And Stuart says, that's because you've been dead for 10 years. Some of you said that I, by talking about the ending of the book, I ruined the ending of Stuart Little. That's not possible because there is no ending to Stuart Little. Just peters off. I told the story about how I wrote some extra lines in my head to my children about how Stuart at the end found Margalo, the bird he was looking for in the book. And now, this is maybe the best correction I've ever received, you guys. Someone wrote to us on Facebook, and this is a true story. They sent, they sent stuff. Hold on. This was Andrew Frischman. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope you're not catfishing us. I hope this is a real story. He wrote, in 1953, and again, my whole issue with Stuart Little, which was a book I loved, my kids loved, is at the end of the book, just sort of, there's no ending. In 1953, my mother, Kay Berthold, was about to turn 10 years old when she read Stuart Little by E.B. White, and like Seth Children, she was upset by the ending. So she wrote a letter to E.B. White, and E.B. White wrote her back. Her letter said, Dear Mr. White, I love Stuart Little, but I don't like the ending because I don't know whether he's going to get there or not. K. Berthold. And E.B. White's, and that's, by the way, he sent us this. There you go. That's what that looked like in 1953. And E.B. White wrote back, March 23rd, 1953, and wrote, Dear Kay, thanks for your letter about Stuart Little. Sorry the end doesn't sound right to you. It's too late to change it now, even if I wanted to, and I don't. All I can tell you is that Stuart was driving in a good car, loved to travel, and was headed in the right direction. I think it's a fine thing to be headed in the right direction, whether you find what you're looking for or not. Sincerely, E.B. White. Which is very beautiful. And I read that and was deeply moved. And I immediately knew the mistake I had made in being critical of Mr. White's amazing work. But then I read on and uh, Andrew added, so my correction is that even as Seth was trying to make the book more palatable to his children, Seth in fact ruined the author's very clear explicit intention to teach a broader life lesson. While I'm sure that Seth's book is destined to become a classic. It seems that Seth would be best off leaving the endings of books like Stuart Little to the original authors. Okay. <laughs> Little much. Um, I do, though. Uh, I have a book coming out. I'm not scared, you're scared. And this is very exciting. I talked to the publishers. And we are going to release two different versions of it. There's the original version, uh, which is the version I wrote. And then there's going to be an E.B. White version, which is the same version, but we're going to rip the last three pages out of it. 
I mean, this is an amazing letter. That's so amazing. Thank you so much for sending it. And uh, thank you also for sending, this was cool because this is obviously photocopy, but he sent us, um, there was another, you guys see this? Which said, uh, Dear Kay, I wanted to follow up with one more thought. People who say actually it's Frankenstein's monster are huge ass <laughs> Sincerely, E.B. White. P.S. Isn't it up that two humans had a kid mouse? You can tell, it's look, as you tell, it's, yeah, it's the day after. And that's obviously an old letter. Look at these, these discoloration. That's, not, that's something that only happens in time. Um, I feel, felt like we went a little quicker today. I think that's good. I think we're all just like very excited for uh, Shoemaker to come back. Um, uh, went over everything we had. And Corrections, episode 40, week of Monday, March 14th, 2022. Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? Tell a friend. Guess who's back? 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 Shoemaker. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. You're maybe watching this the day after, but it's St. Patrick's Day now. I'm celebrating with the most Irish of drinks, the gin martini. <laughs> You've never had a gin martini until you had one from O'Halloran's. Very excited. We've talked a lot about merch, the need for uh, jackal merch. Well, we timed it out. We've had a lot of mugs over the course of corrections. It's time for merch madness. <laughs> We're going to go to ccaptainpolls.com. You're going to go there. It's uh, not actually ccaptainpolls.com. It's at ccaptainpolls on Twitter. It's a very popular handle. I think like 3,500 followers or something, which is a big number. But go there, and there will be uh, brackets where you can uh, vote on your favorite mug. And over the course of Merch Madness, we're going to pick the mug that we're going to insist the NBC store carry. I was pretty psyched. You groaned. I was pretty psyched when I came up with Merch Madness. <laughs> so I told Chelsea, my assistant, hey, before I drop this pun of a lifetime, why don't you run over to the old internet and buy Merch Madness for us? 50K for Merch Madness. But she told me, uh, that was because that was a hard no from NBC. 50K for Merch Madness. But they told me, a uh, merch with a U, $12 a month. So that's ours now. That's ours. Hey, last week we mentioned the Jackal Briggs personality test, which is when a person says, actually, it's Frankenstein's monster. That means they have no personality. And a bunch of you asked, why, when given a choice of making a play on the Myers-Briggs personality test, why don't you go with Myers-Jackal? Little on the nose. <laughs> All right, we've talked a lot about why you're watching YouTube if you don't like this. 
like why you're watching this on YouTube if you don't like this. With so many options on YouTube, and this is a couple weeks ago now, I said when you walk into a grocery store, do you just take the first thing that you see? And I'm like, oh, tuna fish. And then you said, you obviously don't grocery shop because tuna fish is never the first thing you see in a grocery store. And then last week I said, well, actually, it's the first thing I see because I use a VIP entrance and it opens up into seafood. And then a lot of you said, this also proves you don't go to a grocery store because um, tuna fish is not in the seafood section, it's in the canned goods section. And uh, to that, all I want to say is, you got me. <laughs> I don't go to the grocery store. <laughs> you know where I get my tuna? The omakase menu at Takasawi's. I said I-E last week and was told one does not say I-E out loud. You use I-E in writing, and when speaking, you say that is. Which means the correct way to sing Old MacDonald is Old MacDonald had a farm, E that is I-O. <laughs> I had a, a bit of fun last week. I had a bit of fun last week obliquely referencing the lyrics to the Bare Naked Lady song If I Had a Million Dollars. And I reference bare-naked ladies' lyrics, the reason anyone would clickbait. I referenced the line, I'd buy you John Merrick's remains, and it's been one week since I did that, and many of you <laughs> looked at me, cocked your head to the side, and said, I'm angry. So because, well, you were angry because while in the film... The Elephant Man is named John Merrick. In real life, his name was uh, Joseph Merrick. And, um, but I was, I was quoting the lyric, it should be noted correctly. But um, Joseph Merrick was his real name. And uh, I guess France, uh, Frederick, excuse me, Frederick Trevis, the surgeon who wrote the book, is the one, he actually, he got it wrong. I guess he got it wrong maybe just by accident. He maybe wasn't uh, that good on the details when writing this story about Joseph Merrick. Because someone wrote, he, someone said, it's actually Joseph Merrick, and he changed it to John to protect his identity. I feel like that's not enough of a change. <laughs> He's like, I'm writing a book about you, but don't worry. Changing your name to John. So we're gonna call um, Frederick Trevis Francis from now on. Get back at him. I said a uh, sloth. We've talked a lot about sloths here. It's the light motif. I said light motif last week and was told you don't say the T. Someone said, uh, I said the sloth was the last animal we were ever going to have in the show. And someone said, what about your dog, Frisbee? Do you consider Frisbee an animal? One, I think Frisbee was on before the sloth. And two, I don't, I, she's family. I don't consider Frisbee an animal. I know it's irrational, uh, but I consider her the person, the dumbest person I know. <laughs> we did a joke about somebody was, um, showed a Legoland ID after getting arrested in England. And then the punchline was they were charged with uh, resisting arrest because they were snapped into their car. Details aren't important. I was told there's no, arrest, uh, no resisting arrest charge in England. I did not do any follow-up on that. 
But I guess you have the right to say to any police officer in England, now is not a good time. <laughs> and then they just, that's it, they just go home. That's why they never caught Jack the Ripper. <laughs> they almost had him and he was like, I got a thing. <laughs> I mentioned I was 48 uh, years old on air this week. I also implied I was 48 when I quoted uh, Bare Naked Ladies lyrics. I'm no spring Chinese chicken. <laughs> they get this in Canada, right, YouTube? It'll do so well. Hey, someone reached out and said, uh, hey, in the thumbnail they use in your YouTube photos, you know, the, the thumbnail photo they use for the YouTube video, uh, you don't look uh, 48, you look early 50s. And so I went and talked to Lloyd, our, our Scottish photographer, and said, is there, could we use like a different lens or something? And he said the sweetest thing to me. He said, I don't think you look 48. I think you look a Scottish 30. <laughs> I always like to read my favorite comment of the week. This was, again, a lot of people complain that these are getting too long. If the corrections segment, someone thought maybe I was just throwing in things that weren't actual mistakes for the purposes of the length of this segment. If the corrections segment only has enough genuine material for three minutes, then do three minutes. Don't pad it out to 60 minutes just so your hack writers have something to do on Thursdays. How dare you? <laughs> My writers don't come in on Thursdays. You're lucky if they're still here at noon on a Wednesday. <laughs> Pat it out. Someone thinks we pad these out. <laughs> In what world? I, who would it benefit? It's not like where there's ads. I mean, am I reading it right? If the correction is seven, one, two, three minutes, don't pat it out. Yeah. <laughs> the nerve. Because this, I mean, again, it's not for the show, but there, there's an integrity to this. Pat it out. <laughs> um, I mentioned uh, my new book. I'm not scared, you're scared. It's uh, very proud. I'm very proud of it. And one of the things I'm proudest about, and I've mentioned this on the show, is the groundbreaking choice I made. It's the first children's book to have both um, a rabbit and a bear in it. And a lot of you have written me, that's not true. And you've even given me examples of books that have both a bear and a rabbit. But here's something that is true. The time it took you to write that, you'll never get back. (laughs) 
Oh, this is great. I mean, this is what a, this is mind-blowing to get this. I got a correction from way back, uh, 2021 corrections. We talked about, someone clarified the difference because we mixed up Alice Cooper's chicken and Ozzy Osbourne's bat. And someone really put the time into a long correction about uh, what we had gotten wrong about that. And then I said, the only thing I know to be true about the person who wrote that is that they are a stepdad. And then that person, I guess, just saw it. You know, they're catching up on their corrections. And they said, uh, I am offended that you would say that, but how dare you? I am a stepmom, which is even cooler. Like a stepmom who loves that brand of music. Imagine getting that in your life. What a dream. <laughs> what a dream. You kids listening to music? Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, Debbie. Uh, Ed Sheeran, huh? Pretty cool. He ever eat an animal on stage, Debbie? <laughs> All right, rock and roll. <laughs> um, in math, I said in math we call that a given. I was told in math we call that a constant. A given is that no one cares. <laughs> uh, Shoemaker is back. I mentioned that up top. If you're wondering why there's sort of a buoyant atmosphere to tonight's <laughs> correction. It is both uh, the fact that I've had one half of one martini and that Shoemaker is back. He's not that mobile right now. Not that mobile. A lot of sitting, a lot of stretching out on a couch. He's definitely got a real Wally in a HR meeting vibe. <laughs> His new catchphrase is, you're lucky I'm stuck in this chair. <laughs> We're so happy to have him back. I mean, have I, have I called his doctor and said, are you sure he's ready to do a full work week? I have. Only because he hit me across the knuckles with his cane <laughs> and then blamed it on his pain meds. And then I said, what are your pain meds? And he said, Advil. <laughs> I did say we were worried because Shoemaker was zooming in from what he said was the hospital, but looked like the Ritz-Carlton in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I was told that's not possible because the Ritz-Carlton in Puerto Rico is under renovation until later this year. But I will say that Shoemaker has often said that one of his travel hacks is to stay places with construction rates. <laughs> did that a few weeks ago, and then last week I mentioned that people said I looked like an old, worn-out Ash Ketchum. And then someone said, no, you don't look like Ash Ketchum. You look like the pizza guy in a porn film who just delivers the pizza and leaves. <laughs> hey, somebody order a pizza? Oh, yeah. I'll just take the pizza. <laughs> I said, Peter's out. No, excuse me. Yeah, I said, Peter's out. No, wait, what did I do? I said, Peter's off. It's supposed to be Peter's out. And everybody's like, it's not Peter's off. It's Peter's out. But what I was trying to say was off. 
So the Peter part was the, where my error. I showed a really cool letter last week from E.B. White, a letter no one had ever seen before. And again, we've been talking a fair amount about E.B. White. And boy, oh boy, did I hear it from you jackals, to the point that I'm not even sure it's worth sharing things with you guys anymore. So, you know, it's this really cool letter from 1953, and, uh, and a lot of you said, uh, E.B. E. White, an accomplished what writer like E.B. White would never have written the sentence, um, uh, is it up that two humans has a kid mouse? Or they were like, obviously the correct grammar is had. Well, I don't know. Maybe it had been a long time since he'd used a typewriter. And maybe this was the eighth try. And this was the best one by far. And maybe whatever his equivalent of a producer was, was banging on his office door saying, we gotta go. I don't know, I'm not him. <laughs> maybe he had to be like, this is, you know what? This is as good as it's gonna be today. But let's let the man rest. Why are you criticizing E.B. It's E.B. White, look at the date. We've talked about that right up there. And then everybody was like, oh, why did E.B. White use a capital I for a one instead of a lowercase l? I don't know, why doesn't a typewriter have a one? Why is it some weird riddle to know what you're supposed to? He's got all the other numbers. I don't know. Someone else said if you wanted to make the letter look older, you should have dipped it in tea. I, why are you telling me? I, I didn't do this. Look, it's signed by E.B. White. Okay? And I was so upset by this that I reached out to the Cornell University Library, which houses the E.B. White archive, it just so happens. And well, I unearthed another letter. And you know, again, I'm very hesitant to share it with you after you guys were such jerks about the last one, but uh, here we go. I'm going to read it so you guys are quick. Uh, what is it? March 25th, so one day later. And, uh, oh, it looks like he did get it right this time. Okay. Uh, Dear Kay, wanted to circle back regarding my last letter. I'm realizing now there were quite a few typos and grammatical errors. The fact is I'm under a lot of pressure lately. My typewriter doesn't have a one button and it's driving... <laughs> It's driving me cuckoo, plus it's starting to dawn on me that you're right, and the ending to Stuart Little does suck. Okay. <laughs> Pretty big deal. I call my publisher and beg them to let me add a proper ending, but they're being total dicks about it. OMG, complain much, EB? <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks for letting me unload. All the best in your future endeavors. Sincerely, EB White. Okay. Well, that's cool. P.S. If this letter looks older than the last one, it's because I dipped it in tea. <laughs> All right, well, um, we're really happy to have Shoemaker back. <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day. Pat it out.
because there's one more thing I have to show you. I actually don't think there is. <laughs> For more episodes of Corrections, subscribe to the Late Night Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And to watch Corrections with all the exciting visual references you missed here, subscribe to the Late Night with Seth Meyers YouTube channel. Mm-hmm.